This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is on special assignment and therefore will not join us on this special episode of the Paracast. But last week, one of the guests, Erica Lukes, has volunteered. Actually, she did this kicking and screaming, I think. Volunteered. To be co-host this week, right, Erica? I did, because I always loved being on the Paracast, and I was ex- especially excited when I heard who the guest was going to be today. And we'll be talking so. to Leslie Kane in just a moment. But first of all, I wanted to kind of recap a few things. And last week, of course, we had three women talking about different things. And a couple of weird things came out of it, like one person saying she never encountered a problem as a woman in the UFO field. And then we had Erica back on after the Paracast, which is the special program we offer for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. And she pointed out that maybe that isn't quite so realistic. So does that summarize it pretty much? That does summarize it pretty much. And I think, you know, again, it it highlighted an apathy uh, that we have in the field to address issues, and not only about women's issues, but the, about the way we treat other people in the field and the fact that we don't have professional or ethical standards. And that's something that needs to be addressed. And I think that it was an important conversation that you and Chris had with us on the show. So thank you. Leslie, a quick question before we get into the main subject here. As a woman, Being involved in paranormal research, first UFOs now, life after death and such. Have you encountered issues that you might relate to the fact that you're a woman? I would have to say no, Gene. But, you know, I haven't hung around with the UFO community crowd, probably the way a lot of other people have. Because, you know, being a journalist, I sort of played the journalist role. So maybe that's partly why. But I don't have any memories of feeling any of that. That's great. And I think it's an important point for you to say, too, that since you were in that role as journalist and you weren't necessarily going to conferences or involved in, you know, some of the organizations, the volunteer organizations, you weren't perhaps subject to that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I did go to conferences in the first few years when I was just learning a lot about UFOs. And I remember people were so happy that a journalist was taking the topic seriously. It was just such a big deal because I published in the Boston Globe, which was a mainstream newspaper and other mainstream media. So everyone was so happy to have a journalist in their midst that they weren't going to be sending any vibes my way because I was a female. I just So it was just a different position that I was in than a lot of other women who are in the field and, and you know dealing with it in a different way. Right. And that's great. And I will say that you've maintained such integrity and professionalism. Ben, you've always been somebody that I have really held in a lot of high regard. Well, thank you very much for that, Erica. I appreciate it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. So 
up till now, we've talked to you about UFOs. But now you've written this book called Surviving Death, A Journalist Investigates Evidence for an Afterlife. What brought you on board with this subject? Well, Gene, you know, I've been interested in this topic probably for as long as I have been interested in UFOs. It's just that I didn't focus on it as my main topic, obviously, but it was sort of percolating in the background for me for many years, and I've sort of poked around in it, been intrigued by it. I was involved with the making of a documentary film at one point on this topic, which allowed me to meet a lot of the key players in it. It's just been sort of an interest of mine, really, but not like UFOs were. I mean, I never did anything with it until I finished my book, and then a year later, I worked with on this History Channel documentary. After that, it, there was sort of a pause, and it it just sort of naturally became the next topic for me to write a book on them because I was thinking about what to do next. And my publisher actually approached me, the same people who had published my UFO book, and said, is there anything else you want to write about? It just coincided with the exact timing of when I was thinking about approaching them with this topic. So they were absolutely thrilled with the idea of it, of, of, you know, allowing, having a journalist take on this information, which is really very difficult to do, much more difficult than UFOs, by the way. And so anyway, that's how the whole thing started. But it's not something brand new for me, although the, the level at which I looked into it to do the book was, was new. And what was different about it than UFOs was that I had spent 10 years full time on UFOs. And my book on that was sort of a, the culmination of all those years of work. Whereas with this new book, I was actually learning as I went along, and I was on a personal journey with it as well, where I actually had experiences of my own and was able to witness certain things. So it was, it was a very different kind of a book in that way than, than the UFO book was. So it started out for you to find out what these experiences were about? Excuse me? I'm, I... Okay. Was this part in your quest to find out more about experiences that you've had? Yeah, I mean, it was really started off as a research book, and it's primarily a research book. I mean, it's a journalistic book. I'm I'm trying to present, you know, the best, most credible, most well-tested, and most scientific evidence for this possibility of survival past death, just like I did with UFOs. But the difference is that you can't choose to witness a UFO. But in this field, you can go to mediums. You, you might meditate and have certain experiences, or you might go witness something that a physical medium can produce. So it allows you more direct experiences. That's the difference. And yes, I did have experiences, that, and I, I wrote about them in the book, and I did try to understand them and interpret them as best as I could. Uh, so that's, that was part of the whole fabric of the investigation that I did was And that's really different than the UFO book. And it's very different in that way. Now, about those experiences, can you tell us a few of them? Maybe give us an idea of where you're coming from? Sure. If that's, uh, I just want everybody to know that they all take place in the context of a, you know, a rigorous journalistic look at some of this stuff. So uh, I just want people to know this is out of context if I if we start right off with the personal experiences, which I know are probably of greater interest to people. But there's a lot of research in the book as well, just so people know that. And chapters written by experts, just like there was with the UFO book. But anyway, uh, my personal experiences involved um, some very extraordinary uh, readings with mental mediums in which 
a lot of accurate, very, very accurate information came through. And we can talk about that more if you'd like, and I can explain what mental mediumship is. I also had what people call after-death uh, communications from, I believe, to be my brother. If you want to interpret them that way, there's different ways you can interpret them, of course. Uh, and the other component was uh, experiences with witnessing physical phenomena, of, such as table, you know, um, tilting tables and, and physical phenomena taking place in a seance room with one medium. And then with a second medium, which is how I end the book, I think one of the most amazing physical mediums on the planet, probably. Uh, I had the good fortune of sitting with him for numerous uh, seances, what they call seances. I know the word is sort of sounds creepy, but uh, and witnessing some extraordinary physical phenomena that um, I think people would be very find it very it's very difficult to believe can occur, but in fact they can occur. And I save those for the end of the book because they're so mind-boggling that I wouldn't want to start off with talking about them. I'm not sure we should start off right now talking about some of those things. But um, so anyway, th those experiences were all mixed in with studies and research and other people's investigations into this. Now, I should say that over the years, we've tried to get a medium on the Paracast to maybe report what happened to them. And in the rare cases we've tried, you kind of get excuses. It never seems to work out right. But we will get into more of that in a moment. We have Leslie Kane. The book is called Surviving Death. Our guest co-host is Erica Lukes, and we're going to look at not just her personal journey of experiences, but what she has learned about life after death. With Jean and Erica, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Think about this. Your community's aging water infrastructure systems are very likely to be contaminated with heavy metals like lead, disinfection chemicals like ammonia, chlorine, and chloramines, and pharmaceuticals like statins, pain meds, and antidepressants. And no, water treatment plants are not equipped to filter these pharmaceutical toxins out. Protect your family's water supply with a trusted Big Berkey water filter. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show Big Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria, and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market, the gold standard in water purification, and our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. 
Big Berkey, the one powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts. Available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Mass deportations, a ban on terrorist countries, protecting our border, a huge expansion of jobs. President Trump is really shaking up Washington and the media. David Horowitz's new book, Big Agenda, reveals Trump's secret plans. Now, Big Agenda is a New York Times bestseller. Newsmax calls it the best Trump book yet. Rush says you need to get it. It's in bookstores everywhere or get our free offer at 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I want to remind our listeners we have a special feature of the show which we mentioned briefly. It's called Paracast Plus. And, of course, we offer the commercial-free version of this show, but we also offer a special show called After the Paracast, and it's a mixture of different things. Sometimes it's color commentary. Sometimes it's chit-chat. Sometimes we have special guests. Sometimes we continue the main show, as we sort of did with Erica last week. And you can get the show if you subscribe to Paracast+. Plus. For more information, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com, plus dot theparacast.com. You get the commercial-free version of this show after the Paracast and more. And one more thing before we get back with Leslie Kane. A new radio station has joined our growing roster. Just got the word KBYR Radio, 700 on the dial, Anchorage, Alaska. How about that? Welcome. Leslie, we were talking briefly here about the fact that you had personal experiences and you kind of hit on them towards more the end of the book. And I guess that's kind of the reverse of what I usually hear, which is 
that someone writes a book and they go into what happened to them and then kind of extend that to the research. Were you researching before you actually had an experience? Yeah, I mean, that's actually the case, to tell you the truth. I never expected to have the kinds of experiences I had, although I knew that I would be testing mediumship. I mean, anybody can do that. You can get readings with mediums and you can see how well they work. I did a lot of work to connect with the right people who could connect me to the very best mediums. At least my initial reading was really with a woman named Laura Lynn Jackson, who has since written a book, by the way, um, and she would probably be willing to be on your show also. She's just an outstanding mental medium, and I was very, very fortunate to get a reading with her. And anybody could do that, but it was only after I'd kind of looked into mental mediumship and read about it and looked at studies on it and things like that. And then it, I was fortunate enough because I had such good mediums that they the readings turned out to be really, really incredible, as was the second one I did with a medium who lives in Ireland who was completely unrelated to Laura Lynn Jackson in any way. And both of them were extraordinary. So I don't know. I was I just lucked out. I, I got two really good readings. They made for excellent material in the book. And they were mind-blowing for me because I was quite skeptical about all of this when I started. I just wanted to ask you, Leslie, because this is, you know, in the in the world of UFOs, that people have a hard time taking anything other than the nuts and bolts UFO experience. And, and oftentimes, the paranormal or some of these experiences are, are pushed aside, which, in my opinion, is a disservice to what we're really looking at. But how, how has that been for you with dealing with the UFO community and now bridging over into this other subject? I haven't actually dealt with this subject at all with the UFO community, but I've always had great respect for the experiencers and, you know, a lot of the strange things that happened to them. Uh, but actually, for me personally, I mean, I'm not, I haven't made that many connections really between this, this investigation or this book and the previous one. So I know a lot of people want to sort of make links between these two fields of, of exploration, but I personally haven't done that myself. So okay. I don't know if that's quite getting at, but no, um, you know, that that's good. I mean, for me, you know, when I look at some of the people that are studying, you know, Dr. Jacques Vallée, um, Kit Green, some of these people that are interested in, in both subjects or the overlapping themes of all of this type of phenomenon. I mean, it, it's interesting to see that Unfortunately, we're throwing out a lot of what happens to UFO witnesses or experiencers when there could be something that is a common theme between both. You mean the throwing them out, the ones that are really weird and kind of more paranormal kind of get. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. You're right. Because I've, I didn't deal so much with witnesses in my work on UFOs, except for military people. You know, right. I was dealing more with sort of the concrete physicality of the sightings, Ameri the government documents and this and that and the radar, because I was trying to reach a certain audience that could accept that kind of thing, but that wouldn't be affected by the more paranormal aspects of it. In fact, they might even be put off by it. Right. But it wasn't out of any disrespect for those people. Absolutely not. It was more for just uh, doing the job that I felt I was being called to do, which was to prevent a certain kind of information. But you're right. It's all in the realm of sort of paranormal, not so much the physicality of UFOs, but the, the way it can affect people and the experiences people have had. I'm sure a lot of them are similar. They to are. What, to some of the things we're dealing with in this other area. So that's a, a really interesting connection. It is. Thank you. 
Yeah. You raise an interesting thing here because some months back we had Red Pill Junkie on the show. And I don't know if you know him or not. He's a blogger on the paranormal. His real name is Miguel. And he mentioned briefly the possible connection, at least in terms of the surface details, between UFO abductions and near-death experiences. And he wrote a very long editorial for the Paracast newsletter about it quite a while back. And I'll get you a link for it, Leslie. But if you had reason to think of anything like that, has anything about that occurred to you in your research? Not so much, but that doesn't mean it's not valid. I just haven't put my mind there, you know, because abductions were never my focus either when it came to UFOs. I mean, I know something about them, but I was never focused on them. I I don't feel I have any expertise on them. But I've heard other people make that connection, that somehow there's a connection between some kind of afterlife realm and the abductions. I've just heard it said before. But I've never I've never focused on that myself. I really don't feel qualified to. That's kind of interesting here, you know, that you know, obviously you of course were associated for a number of years with a very well known abduction researcher, Bud Hopkins. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested in the in the, the field, but even when I was friends with Bud, I wasn't focused so much on that area of work. So, you know, that was his area of work, and I found it fascinating, but I wasn't, didn't, I never gained any expertise in it, per se. By the way, listeners, if you want to check the Paracast newsletter, it has the article from Red Pill Junkie. It's August 23rd, 2015. And I asked him to write this piece and ended up being, I think, four or 5,000 words showing the various aspects of the two that came together. All right, let's go back to the mediums again, because I mentioned briefly and never really pursued it, that we have tried on occasion with the power gas to get a medium to come on the show and demonstrate to us, you know, whether they had something to say. And I guess the skeptical impression of a medium is that they use cold readings, kind of, just say the things you want to hear. And because you're saying the things they think you want to hear, they seem all the more impressive in what they do. So maybe you can tell us maybe a few specific examples where a medium gave you something that really knocked your socks off. We're talking to Leslie Kane, and she's author of a book called Surviving Death, A Journalist Investigates Evidence for an Afterlife. Erica Lukes is our guest co-host. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com.
Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part? It's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-962-2358. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. To receive your 10-day in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-962-2358. Again, that's 1-800-962-2358. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries, from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injuryhelpdesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for Paranormal Data. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Leslie Kane, author of Surviving Death, can you tell us one or two tales of a medium who really came up with stuff that really astounded you? 
Yeah, and I do. I wanted to just comment on the fact that there are, of course, lots of fraudulent mediums out there, people that use cold reading techniques, people that have all kinds of ways of fooling people and providing generalities and picking up cues from them and all kinds of techniques to, to make people believe that they're contacting their dead relative. But there are ways you can eliminate that and make it an absolute impossibility for that to be occurring. What I did with my readings was they were done over the phone, first of all. So there's no visual cues for the medium. Second of all, what's really important is that the medium knows nothing about who you are. Let's call the, the person getting the reading is called the sitter. So in my situation, you, you don't give them any information, not even your name. So for the second reading that I did, this, this medium was in Ireland. I took out a PayPal account under a phony name. I took out a whole separate email address under a phony name, and I used the PayPal account to pay for her phony email address, and I gave her uh, my first name only. Last name was a phony name, and she knew absolutely nothing about me. She had no idea where on the whole planet that I lived. She didn't even know my name, nothing. So when you do an, a, a reading like that, and you're not even physical proximity to that person. There is no way they can use these kinds of techniques. Or they, if they try, they're not going to have a very good reading. So when you sit down in a situation like that, and the person is able to provide accurate personal details that they say are coming from a deceased person that you knew, that no one else except you and maybe two family members even know, you know, it's very compelling. This is the kind of reading that means something. It doesn't mean anything when you're in a, a big room, you know, and you're on a TV show or something where they can use these other kinds of techniques that, that are so dangerous for people. They take advantage of people's grief, too, to try to fool them. But when you're astute about it, you can eliminate those kinds of problems. And there are investigators that do these do studies with mediums, in, and one of them wrote a chapter in my book in which they provide... No, numerous levels of blinding for the medium, so they can't possibly use those techniques. Anyway, so I, when I I, uh, I had the experience of, of a reading with this medium from Ireland, for instance, who knew absolutely nothing about me, and she provided probably 90% accuracy of, of information, which, which is extremely high. And a lot of it was personal information that nobody else knew about two people who I knew very well in my life who had died recently. And that's, that's what I describe in the book. And I actually give the, some of the specifics that she gave me and try to figure out a way of explaining this. Can you be specific without obviously revealing any personal details of what yeah, this medium got I right? I reveal personal details in the book. I just kind of don't want to give them all away ahead of time. But one of the people that came through was my brother. And let's just, I'm, I'm going to say it as if it happened. You know, I'm just going to not keep qualifying that who ostensibly came through or allegedly came through or anything like that. Well, let's just talk about it as if it happened that way. Because there are other ways of explaining it, which I can discuss too. But one of them was my brother. The other one was my friend, but my friend Bud Hopkins, who you mentioned earlier, uh, the well-known abduction researcher who died in 2011. And um, the interest, you know, so some of the specific facts uh, that came through were all kinds of things about their lives, their careers, their families. Um, there was one particular line that the medium gave with regards to Bud, which absolutely gave me chills, 
which was the first thing that he said when he came through was, you were right, you were right. And he was very aggressive in his manifestation of his personality, very outgoing, very self-centered, just the way Bud was in real life. I mean, his personality came through too. The interesting thing about that, just to keep it brief, is that I had given him some books to read right before he died, within the last six months before he died, about uh, this topic. I thought he might be interested in knowing that there is evidence that suggests that maybe death isn't the end. And um, I brought over these books to him. I carefully selected them. One of them was about Ian Stevenson, who I thought he would identify with, who was a, a great investigator into child reincarnation cases. Uh, and he's very curious, and he was a reader, so I thought for sure he'd be interested in these things. But he, when I came back later, the next couple of days, he told me he didn't want to read them. He wasn't interested. No, I don't want to read these. You know, I know that, that death is the end, and that's it. And I was really surprised, because he usually is curious to read stuff. So anyway, when he said that, I knew immediately what he meant. And then the medium actually said that she understood that to mean what I thought it meant. So it's when they come up with very personal things like that that nobody else knows about that you're really um, struck. But she also provided a lot of specific details about his life that can just were just facts about his life. Um, and anyway, that's I don't know if that's answering your question. But um, it's very compelling when it happens in the moment, and especially when you can feel the personality of that person there, and little uh, quirky things about the person that seem to come through. But there are other ways that this can be explained other than being the actual dead person there. So that's something else that I explain in the book. There are other ways of interpreting these kinds of experiences that come through mediumship. Quickly, obviously you want people to read the book, but maybe give us a quick overview of the other possible explanations. Yeah, I mean, and I do. I deal with this theme throughout the book, which is what the current debate is among people who are dealing with this information is what they call the psi hypothesis. It's whether these experiences can be explained as resulting from just the very sophisticated, refined psychic abilities of the medium. Which would, which would mean that she would be using her telepathy and her clairvoyance, but m most of it would be telepathy, her ability to, to pick up from me the information that, she, that then comes through her. Or if it's something I don't know as the sitter, the claim is that these mediums can pick up information elsewhere through from an, a distant family member or they can read some kind of a document somewhere with their clairvoyance, or they can know where something is hidden away that, and then tell you that, oh, your dad is saying that the will you can't find is buried in the basement, and there it is. Now, that could be the medium's clairvoyance as opposed to a dead person talking through her. Or her information about Bud could have been coming from her ability to pick it up through her telepathy. And if that's the case, there's no dead person involved. So that's the other explanation for the possibility of what's going on here. But in either case, you have to be willing to accept the very amazing and advanced psychic abilities that are involved with mediumship, regardless of whether they're a dead person or a human being. They, there's no other, you cannot deny the reality of psi, P-S-I. And I think there are many scientists and many people, skeptics, that deny that it even exists, that's, that psi is even possible. 
that psychic abilities even exist in human beings. And that to me is absolutely absurd because of the things that I've witnessed and experienced. But I can't prove that they were dead people, but they certainly involve very advanced psychic abilities, no matter what the root of them was. Yes, and that's incredible. And I've been, you know, I'm a member of the SSC, and I, there are lots of of wonderful, lots of wonderful research done on the psi phenomena and life after death, near death experiences, and and mediumship. And so it's it's fun to hear you talk about all of these things. And I have to ask you, when you were when you got into really researching this, who were some of the the people that you found most intriguing or most informative with regard to this? You mean in terms of investigators? In, well, and people that you could learn from. I mean, in yeah. people, yeah, that would be wonderful. I'll tell you yeah, what, I before mean, you do that answer, let's do a break and then come back with Leslie's response to Erica Luke's question. This week, Erica is our guest co-host. Chris O'Brien is on special assignment elsewhere. And we'll quite possibly be back for this week's episode of After the Paracast. So with Gene and with Erica, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. The book is Surviving Death. The author is Leslie Kane, and our guest co-host Erica Lukes asked Leslie a question at the end of our previous segment. Leslie, your response? Yeah, I mean, there are so many wonderful people who have been working on this for decades. One of the people that impressed me a lot was Dr. Jim Tucker from the University of Virginia. He's actually a successor to Ian Stevenson, has been, has been studying cases of children, very, very young children with past life memories. He actually wrote a chapter in my book of his own. And then um, Pim Van Lummel, I also love him, love his work. He also wrote a chapter in my book. Peter Fennick who studies end-of-life experiences. Julie Beischel from the Winbridge Institute, which is a, a study center actually in Arizona. I don't know, maybe Jean's heard of it, where they, they do a lot of studies of mental mediumship there and other things. There were a bunch of British investigators. Alan Gold is a, a famous, uh, in this field, he's very famous, this distinguished gentleman who's been doing this stuff for probably 50 years, written excellent, you know, landmark books, so there's a whole lot of people. Lloyd Auerbach, I don't know if you've ever had him on the show. We have. He's, yeah, he's a great guy, very entertaining. He wrote a chapter in my book about apparitions and investigation of apparitions, which is was fantastic. And I absolutely admire Erlander Haraldson, who's another elderly gentleman like Alan Gold, who is, I guess you say it, Erlander. 
He's from Iceland, and he's a PhD psychologist, and he's been studying these kinds of phenomena, a range of them, for probably 50 years as well. Many, many books. And he wrote a fascinating chapter in my book about a physical medium, an Icelandic physical medium that not many people know about, who was absolutely amazing. So anyway, those are just some people. There are, there are others. I mean, there are, there are also lots of investigators who wrote books in the past who I, I admire a lot, who aren't with us anymore. Um, I'm going to post some of these research papers and these studies and interesting videos and so on on my website, by the way, so people who are reading the book can get more information and they can supplement what they're reading with some additional material. And just so people know, my website is Surviving Death Kane. That's my the book title and my name, K-E-A-N, survivingdeathkane.com. We have that link, by the way, in our description of the show over at thepowercast.com. So this way, if you forget it, we always try to put the guest's link somewhere. There are so many references in there to the materials that were useful to me as an investigator and as a journalist. I mean, there's just so much great information. And other than the people I mentioned, it would be hard for me off the top of my head. I mean, the studies of Richet and Jaly from France, who did studies on mental mediumship in the 1920s and 30s, there's... I could spend half an hour giving you a lot, a bunch of names that people probably haven't heard of, but I'm going to post, as I said, they'll all be on my website. I want people to have access to some of this great material. I just hope people will go there because that's where it'll be. Absolutely. I know I will. And I, I will post that to all of my friends and followers. So I think this is really important. I love that. And I want to ask you too, with regard to the physical mediumship, you know, we've got the typical type of things that, that you'll hear, uh, the knocks, different things taking place, uh, the anomalous light phenomena that is is present sometimes, ectoplasm, levitation. So I did witness, Erica, some phenomenal things in, in physical mediumship. It's very hard to talk about them out of context, I you know, because in the book right. I build people up to them very gradually and I show them how scientists have studied these things and I give some examples of situations where they've been proven to exist under extremely rigorously controlled conditions so that they're sort of prepared to handle it. Right. So I just want people to know when they hear how ridiculous it sounds, uh, they need to, to read the book and, and I think they'll feel differently about it when they do that. Because it's just difficult to take it out of context, but I, I will do it because it's real and I'm, I'd be happy to, to talk about it. I just... You understand how oh, I, I absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and I and I I appreciate that uh, you wanting to set the stage and make sure that people understand that that your work is methodical and and you know you're trying to I mean you're very rational and you're trying to rule out all of the the hoaxes and different things that could take place, but you, this is something that you you're very diligent about. Exactly, and I think that. By the time people get to the section where I talk about my own experiences with physical mediumship, I hope that they will realize that and understand that I've taken all precautions and I know how to discern a, a, you know, a fraudulent case from one that isn't. And I right. do explain all the things in the book, that all the reasons that I know that this particular medium, whose name is Stuart Alexander, is, is not a fraud. There's absolutely no question about it for many reasons, which I describe in the book, but I won't bore people with it now. I just hope that people will, you know, read it, not because I'm trying to sell books. I just want people to understand the context for this because it's so strange. And 
the only way they can really understand the context is to read more about it. So, absolutely. And I and I want to just and sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to say that I think people that are uh, rational and understand your diligent approach, and also understand the importance of work that you see at the Scientific Society for Scientific Exploration. I mean, all of these people are taking this very seriously, and these are PhDs and people that are engaged in a in very serious research. So, as as you are as well. So. Right. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, there are, then I've tried, those are the kinds of people I've tried to draw into who, who have contributed to my book, who've written some chapters in it and who I've interviewed a lot with and stuff. So I, th- I think we've covered that, uh, you know, covered that for, for the listeners. Um, but so, and, you know, physical mediumship is, I mean, there are t- plenty of frauds out there. And there were plenty of frauds back in the heyday in the 1920s and the 1910s. But there were also some, just like there are some genuine UFO cases, there were and are genuine physical mediums. And you just have to be rigorous about discerning who they are. But um, the one who I believe is probably the most uh, significant one in the world today is Phil, is Stuart Alexander, who I write about in my book. He's, he lives in the UK and he's been practicing with a small group of people for about 40 years, the same small group, not interested in publicity. He's very private about it. Uh, but he was welcoming to me when I finally met him after great hesitation. He was hesitant at first to get involved with this book or anything, but gradually it evolved that he became comfortable with me. And in sitting with his small group in this little room in England, uh, I was privileged to witness, I mean, a lot of it is in the dark. And we, ha- you know, my book, I explain all about why there is this need for darkness that a lot of mediums feel that they need it for various reasons. I'm not going to go into that now, but it's sort of a tradition with physical mediumship, but not all of it. And I did witness levitations and uh, independent voices that speak out of the air, um, matter going through matter. But the most extraordinary thing of all that I witnessed um, and actually saw, because they, the light was on for this, was the materialization of a, a physical human hand from the substance called ectoplasm, which is a substance that's exuded from the medium. And there was a light on for this. So I not only witnessed this formation of this hand out of nothing, but I touched it as well and held the hand. So that is an absolutely life-changing experience because there is absolutely no way that it can be hoaxed and or faked in the context of the room that I was in. Uh, and how do you explain it? How does it happen? So the, uh, the, the spirits who are supposedly speaking through Stuart can explain it, but outside of that context, it's very hard to explain it, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, and I again, I encourage people to read more. I'm going to put on my website a, a, a wonderful video of a talk that Stuart Alexander gave. I'm going to put it up in the next couple of days. He gave a, a talk. Uh, it's, it's quite long, but he, it's very entertaining. He talks about how he developed as a medium and what it means to him, et cetera, and some of the events he's been involved with over the course of his life. And he's an absolutely wonderful, engaging very likable person. So I think if people look at that, 
they will realize after looking at that, this guy couldn't possibly be a fake. You can just tell when you, when you experience him. And I actually have tested that, the reality of all of this. So anyway, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about because it's, you know, it's very strange, hard for people to believe, understandably so. And it's personal for me because I was there. So this is a very different kind of a topic for me than UFOs, I have to say. We got and more I to feel- come with Leslie Kane. Our guest co-host is Erica Lukes. With Jean, Erica, and Leslie, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Mass deportations, a ban on terrorist countries, protecting our border, a huge expansion of jobs. President Trump is really shaking up Washington and the media. David Horowitz's new book, Big Agenda, reveals Trump's secret plans. Now, Big Agenda is a New York Times bestseller. Newsmax calls it the best Trump book yet. Rush says you need to get it. It's in bookstores everywhere or get our free offer at 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, you win one of the Paracast awards for that, which has no value, whatever, but we're happy (laughs) to have you do it. Now, you're telling us here in the previous segment and earlier in the show how the people you were in touch with who impressed you, you did what you could to do your due diligence to make sure they didn't pull a fast one on you. In the course of writing the book, did you run into people who did try to pull a fast one on you? Can you tell us more? I didn't have a lot of time to do the book. I wished I'd had two or three more years, but I was very careful you know, about who I approached ahead of time. 
No, I, I, I haven't personally run into that, although I, I know that it happens. There was this one physical medium, for instance, who was building up a kind of a reputation during the time I was writing the book. And somebody put a hidden camera in the room and he was caught cheating. So these things happen. But I didn't end up in any situations like that myself, no. So I wanted to, to ask you, with regard to the person you were talking about, um, Stuart Alexander, how did this affect him physically and emotionally prior to the seance and then after the seance? Because it is my understanding that this can be incredibly physically and emotionally draining and demanding for the medium. Yeah, it is for him. I mean, especially now, you know, he's 70 years old and he's been doing this for a long time. It is tiring, but he initially goes into a deep trance and that happens very quickly for Stuart. I mean, within a matter of a minute or something. And sometimes when he comes out of it at the end, he's tired. The transition can be slow and he's tired after it. It would be very hard for him, for instance, to do it again the next day. You know, that would be very difficult. So he sits once a week with his circle, his small circle that he's been sitting with for 30 years or something. And yeah, but it is tiring, but He's just so used to it. He's been doing it for so long now that I don't think it's, you know, that bad for him. He's even done it before when he's been ill and he's been able to do it. So he just sort of go. He just drifts into this trance. The um, the people, whatever you want to call them, spirit, uh, Stuart refers to him as the spirit people that speak through his body actually just kind of take over his body and he's gone. So and that's it's it's like being in a deep sleep. He's completely unconscious. So it's tiring, but it's not debilitating or anything for him. I'm sure you would have to get used to that. And he probably has a good support system around him, which is important. What does he remember anything when he goes under in this trance-like state? Does he remember the experience? Well, absolutely nothing. It's like he's completely unconscious. So when he comes in, he comes back. His first question is, was it good? He's always, he's so concerned that when he has guests there, like if I'm there, that he doesn't disappoint them. So his first concern is always, what happened? Was it a good sitting? And then people usually have to tell him, but he has no idea what's going on. And by the way, I just want to let people know that Stuart himself actually wrote the concluding chapter to my book. He wrote it himself, and he's never done this before because he's such a private person. He has written a memoir, but it was published by a small publisher in England, and not, many, you know, not that many people have read it. But he wrote this very fascinating chapter where he does talk about what it's like for him to be doing what he's doing and how he evolved and how long it took for this all to evolve with him. So I think people will find his chapter. I think it's incredible. The people will really enjoy reading that. It sounds incredible. Is his book or his memoir, is that, even though it's probably out of print, I mean, could somebody go to Amazon and try to find a copy of that? Absolutely. And I'm, I'll, I will mention that on my website too. It's called An Extraordinary Journey and it's on Amazon and you can order it. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in physical mediumship or, or just in Stuart. It's a beautiful book. And that's what really turned me on to him when I first discovered that book. And I saw the video that I mentioned about him, and I thought, this is the guy. This is the guy that I want to meet and sit with for my book. There's nobody else. And it was just this instant chemistry that I felt that he was the right person. He was the real, the real thing. And I think anybody who reads his book will probably agree with that. So I recommend it. I will get a copy. That sounds wonderful. Thank you for, for mentioning that. Yes, yes. So a little bit later, our listeners have asked a lot of interesting questions of Leslie Kane. And a little bit later, Erica will fish them up and take them out. 
and go from there and see where they go. Now, Leslie, in terms of scientific research of either mediumship or possible contact with people who are no longer here, have scientists reached any understanding? I would say no. I mean, scientists have explored the phenomena, which are the fascinating aspects of this, you know, the, the, the actual phenomena themselves. And of course, they have their own conclusions that they make, but they can't prove really that any of this has anything to do with the afterlife. It's highly suggestive of that. And they may make statements along those lines, but, you know, obviously we can't prove it. So um, the scientific research is, is absolutely essential and, and fascinating and compelling and reveal, very revealing of this, of, of lots of different areas that I think kind of interconnect with each other, which is one of the things I was trying to do in my book was to show how different areas interconnect and support other areas of research. Because in the past, these areas have tended to be all presented separately. You know, one book would be about one specific aspect, like one person's NDE or after-death communications or whatever. But I'm trying to show how they all interrelate. Now I forget what your question was, Jean. <laughs> I'm sorry, your question. I think it was about basically scientific research. Scientists yeah, who are trying to figure out what's going on and whether they have any ideas about right. this phenomenon. They have a lot of good data and a lot of good case studies, but whether they can actually, what their ideas are, are about what it means, that's something completely different. But again, I'm going to post some of these great case studies on my website. I hope people will read them. They absolutely will. And and I, you know, looking at, through some of your, the pieces in your book and what you're offering, I mean, there, it, there's, you talk about different mediums uh, throughout history at the uh, Palladino. And of course, you mentioned earlier that uh, in Indrilson. And yeah, I mean, this is this is really fascinating to me. Are there some other mediums that that stood out to you back when this really took root that were absolute frauds that kind of discredited what the real mediums were trying to do? I mean, there were lots of frauds, but I didn't spend time studying them at all because I just don't think they're interesting. You know, I'm right. sure there are plenty of them, but I just wanted to mention that, you know, you mentioned that there, there have been great mediums through history that have been studied so thoroughly, such as Eusebia Palladino, who you mentioned, the, the medium Eusebia Palladino, who you mentioned, Erica, from Italy, who was, you know, these, these three skeptics were sent to study her who had every intention of proving her to be a fraud. And these were like the leading debunking skeptical studiers of mediumship in the world. And they had already proven so many to be frauds who they had studied. Mm -hmm. So they knew what the tricks were. They studied and made did a series of studies on Eusebia in a very 100% controlled environment, and they had no choice but to acknowledge that she was producing phenomena that they couldn't explain. And so there are situations like that which are really scientific proof of the reality of the phenomena that these mediums can provide. Now, whether they have anything to do with dead people or not, that's the ultimate question. Right. And that's the question that's hard to answer. Of course, the mediums have absolutely no, 
they don't have any question about it. And you read what Stuart Alexander says. They, they can't imagine that it could possibly be anything else. But the outside intellectuals who are looking in, and I, I have to say that a lot of the skeptics have obviously haven't sat with these mediums themselves, but a lot of the people raise that question. Even Stephen Browdy, who's an investigator I should have mentioned earlier, who I highly respect, who I quote throughout the book, he's absolutely extraordinary, brilliant thinker on this topic. Uh, and, you know, he'll raise the question of whether these phenomena are just created through human capacities and have nothing to do with dead people. I mean, that's, that's the question. Let's break it here and we'll pick up on this. We got Leslie Kane and Erica Lukes and Gene Steinberg. Chris is on special assignment. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attention investors, 2017 is the year of Trump and financial markets are rising at all-time highs. But economic uncertainty may be greater than after any election in our lifetime. And as retirement approaches, there's little time to recover your losses. You need to hedge against uncertainty. That means transferring part of your retirement to physical gold and silver stored where you can actually hold it in your hand and get it fast in any disaster. It's a perfect time to buy. Prices are low and expected to climb. Make Augusta Precious Metals, your personal gold and silver provider. Augusta cares for your financial position and helps you make good decisions. And they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Get Augusta's free gold and silver IRA guide. What you learn could help you weather any economic storm. There's no obligation. Just call toll-free. Call 855-222-5857. That's 855-222-5857. Again, 855-222-5857. Trust Augusta. Protect your retirement today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, of course, the question is here, is this phenomena caused by somehow communicating with dead people? Maybe some advanced form of mind reading where... Are the sources here? What could it possibly be? You say the mediums like to assume it's contact with the dead, but isn't that really an article of faith? Well, I don't think they feel there's any other way to explain it. And I think when you read what happens with Stuart Alexander, you would find it very hard to explain away also. It would take me a long time to explain it, but when you have these independent entities speaking through them who have previously lived on the earth— and who can produce these extraordinary phenomena in the seance room that Stuart couldn't possibly imagine that he could ever do himself while he was completely unconscious. I mean, to him, it's just inconceivable. Plus, the people in the room have gotten to know these spirit people so well over the years that they just don't doubt their reality. It just becomes a sort of a, a, another world in there, and that's how they operate. There's no proof you know, everybody has to make up their own decision. What can you say? Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it is hard to explain how one human being could materialize another human being and not have some kind of external force being involved with that process. That's the question. Is there an external force involved or is it all coming through the extraordinary psychokinetic abilities of the medium to somehow create something alive and physical in the room? Who knows? Which is the explanation harder to accept? I mean, they're both hard to accept. That's the thing. Well, I suppose it doesn't matter what explanation is easier to accept. It is what the real explanation is. But that we will probably never know. Absolutely not. And I wanted to say that, you know, for the skeptics, uh, you were mentioning the skeptics that visited Palladino, how mind-boggling. And that must be really hard for somebody that has such a skeptical 
bent to actually understand that there is something that is very real. And when people discount some of these these current things taking place now, most of them have not ever put themselves in a position where they could experience that. And yet they're still making their broad statements that this is, is it has been debunked. And I find that quite comical in, in a way. You, unless you're there like you and you could see this with your own eyes and understand that there was nothing else at work, this, it's, it's just interesting. I agree. I mean, the, and the great investigators of the, the historical investigators, such as one of the ones who did investigate Eusebia Palladino, has written that very thing. He wants every scientist who is interested in this topic, they absolutely must sit with the mediums themselves, or there's no way that they can do a proper investigation. And that's that's a really important consideration. And the interesting thing, too, about when these skeptical people did study Eusebia Palladino, they kept a sort of a written, daily written, written record, and they described their own personal transformation, their own reactions to what was going on, their own desire to prove her a fraud, and their frustration with the fact that they couldn't do it. And so it's fascinating to read, for any skeptic, to read what these three individuals wrote in the process they went through when they came up against this and had no choice but to recognize that these phenomena were actually occurring. They had no choice. And that's great that they they journaled, that they wrote entries about their personal uh, kind of transformation from skeptic to understanding that there's more to reality. That's important. They published a long study on the case, and that included, you know, just sort of some of their reactions that they came up with as they went along. So you can you can read about it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a, one of the great works we have in this field for, that everybody should read. Well, it certainly is something that looks to me like it's worth exploration by almost anybody, not just because it's become popular culture and you see it in movies and on TV shows, and things like that, that real people do these things. Now, when you look at a medium, how does that medium compare with someone who calls themselves a psychic? Well, that's a good question, Gene. And a a psychic would be somebody who uses their own psychic abilities to sit down with somebody else and give them information that they're picking up psychically. So a psychic reading doesn't involve any connection to any deceased people on the part of the medium. And they, they're clear about that. You go to a psychic reading, you're getting psychic information. You might get information about your future or what, you know, what your career choices should be. You might ask questions about your marriages, things like that. But when you go to a, 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 a mediumship reading as opposed to a psychic reading, you are connecting with a deceased person that you've lost if the medium is successful, if the medium is successful, if the reading is successful. And that's the difference. The, in that case, the medium is bringing in the energy of a deceased person that is connected to the sitter. And you're hoping to connect with that person and you're hoping to get enough information that you are you become convinced that that person is actually the person that they claim to be, that it is your deceased friend or family member. And the only way you can be convinced of that is to be given a lot of accurate information so that the person identifies themselves to you. And that's the process of what goes on in a, in a mediumship reading. And you, you, there isn't necessarily a lot of messaging that comes through. It's more just wanting to be convinced that that person has survived death. That's the point of it. Well, the other interesting thing here is if they're communicating with dead people, 
And I keep thinking of the line in the movie of The Sixth Sense. The movie, of course, had that famous line, I see dead people. And he was seeing literally people who had died, including the Bruce Willis character, which is the big spoiler of the film. In any case, here, therefore, we get to assume that if the medium is communicating with people who are died, people who are dead have the ability to somehow communicate with the living. Isn't that the, really the core of it right there, whether that's possible? Very important point, Gene. I mean, absolutely critical. And I, I do make, I address this very issue in my introduction to my book, and everybody has to be aware of it, that if we are going to accept what we call the survival, the evidence for survival, if we are going to look at the data that we have and interpret it as being evidence for the survival of consciousness, there are certain assumptions that we are making about the nature of that reality. And one of them is just what you said. We're making the assumption that dead people want to communicate with us, that they can communicate with us, that they can find somebody called a medium through which to communicate with us. All these things have to be part of the scenario that we're allowing to be real in order to be able to interpret it this way, if you if you get my point. So it's, it's a very astute insight that you've had. And I think most people who want very much to believe in survival past death are not willing to acknowledge that we are making certain assumptions about it that may not that we have to believe in in order to uh, interpret the data in that way. Otherwise, we could, we could say it could mean anything. And how do we know what the afterlife is like? How do we know that anybody who has died would, would want to communicate with us or could communicate with us? We don't. So well, I can suppose one other wacky theory which I'll voice in our next segment is about a possible universal consciousness we have Leslie Kane, Erica Lukes, and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Mass deportations, a ban on terrorist countries, protecting our border, a huge expansion of jobs. President Trump is really shaking up Washington and the media. David Horowitz's new book, Big Agenda, reveals Trump's secret plans. Now, Big Agenda is a New York Times bestseller. Newsmax calls it the best Trump book yet. Rush says you need to get it. It's in bookstores everywhere or get our free offer at 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative 
to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Leslie Kane, author of Surviving Death. You see, I'm mentioning that book lots of times, so people won't forget. Leslie, about a universal consciousness, what about the other theory that maybe when you die, you are no longer an individual? But if someone seeks contact, whatever element of the universal consciousness has what used to be you is able sometimes to respond. Yeah, I mean, that to me seems like a completely valid possibility. I mean, I'm no expert on interpreting this stuff. Your expertise is just as good as mine. So what, what people, of course, are most interested in is that personal survival. If we all just become universal consciousness the question is then how would we be able to be accessed through a medium? But you're suggesting that maybe the part of us that does survive can somehow be accessed. That to me seems like a perfectly valid hypothesis. And you, know, you wonder that, also if the person who is dead even knows they're dead. That's a, another good question. 
there's so many interesting things to contemplate with this that we don't have answers for. That's another really great question. I'm just learning here. I'm a journalist. I've taken a lot of data. I had some experiences. I put it into a book. And I think I've really distilled some what the best kind of evidential material is. But I'm, I'm no, I have, there's a lot of things that I'm still learning. So, Erica, I'm, could you dig up the questions from the forum and the question bank? Maybe bring them out. Is it possible here that children are more sensitive to such things and maybe the sensitivity is kind of drilled out of them as they go to school and they are brainwashed, as it were? Well, certainly, I, in, in my book, I've studied cases of young children that, seem, that are connected with past lives. In that sense, I would say, yes, I, I, it's possible maybe they're more open in other ways, too. I mean, we know that children have an openness that does tend to go away. So you may even, you know, you may have had more experience of that than I have, Gene. I, in my book, I'm particularly interested with the, the studies on young children who remember accurate details about past lives. And then the, they are shown to be accurate after the fact. And I, I bring forth two cases in my book uh, that are wonderful American cases. One of them involves a two-year-old boy so young, providing all this information that he couldn't possibly have known and kind of reliving the experiences of another life. So uh, I, f I feel that, that of all the past life memory cases and the, that whole field is huge. There have been so many studies done on reincarnation. I think the ones that are most evidential are the ones involving young children and the ones that can be verified as accurate, which isn't always possible. But in those where it is possible, it's quite amazing. Well, if someone's two years old, what and how do they convey the possibility they're sensing something beyond our life? Well, in the one case that we could use as an example is the case of James Leininger. And some people may already be familiar with this case. He was two years old. And one of the first things he said when he learned how to talk Here's an example. He was uh, his mother was pushing him in a stroller by a, a, a toy shop, and they picked she picked up a, a, a plastic airplane from a bin outside, and she said to James, the little boy, he wasn't even two yet. She said, "Look, James, it has a bomb under it," and he looked at the thing and he said to his mom, "That's not a bomb. It's a dwap tank." He couldn't say his R's quite right, so his mother went home and asked her dad, "What's a drop tank?" And his dad said, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's something that's put under an airplane when they're traveling long distances to store fuel or whatever. I mean, he knew what it was, but they could not fathom how this two-year-old child knew what a drop tank was or knew that it was something under an airplane. And that was mild. That was the very first thing. But James came up with a lot of very specific information. So even though he was barely talking, he would come out with very, very specific things like the name of an aircraft carrier called the Natoma was actually called the Natoma Bay. But for a two-year-old to come up with that, when he'd never been exposed to anything about the Natoma Bay before, you know, it, was, it, it just freaked out his parents. I mean, they didn't know where this information was coming from. And then he had terrible nightmares, reliving the death from his previous life, and eventually was able to talk about that and provide names and places and enough hardcore information that eventually they were able to figure out who the person was that James was referring to and to, to check everything out and find out that he'd been accurate with everything that he said. It was a long process. And his, his dad was 
the main investigator kept careful records of everything and was determined to prove his child was not telling the truth because, or that his child was not remembering a past life because it was a terrible challenge to his dad's Christian faith. He could not accept this as being real. And part of what I, I, I had him do in my book is write for me some excerpts for the chapter where I tell the story of his son's reincarnation memories in which he details his own uh, struggle, his spiritual struggle in dealing with this and how he eventually came through at the end with a, a positive connection to the whole thing. But anyway, that's it. that's it in a nutshell. It would take a long time to give all the details, but uh, that's a kind of case that's very hard to explain away. Let's put it that way. And there are, and this is the interesting thing about reincarnation, there are some very profound cases, uh, especially, you know, when you have these small children that live and they're not exposed to the media, they're not exposed to, I mean, they live in very rural um, places and they have either scars uh, or significant like night terrors uh nightmares they're recalling these names and then you find that it, a couple towns away there was somebody that was murdered and the scar the, the injury took place in the same place where the small child has the scar and i mean so there's some really interesting correlations here that are hard to to dismiss and the trauma that these young children are, are reliving due to the past life is very intriguing as well. And it almost seems to, once they find closure and find out really what it's, is happening and identify with this other person, they can really put put that to bed and move on with their lives. That's right. I mean, often the children, the, the, they when they do have enough information to discover the location, say, of where they lived before, or they... The parents will often, and the investigators, they might take the child back to the location where they lived before, or the child will meet members of that previous family, which is what happened in James's case. And so those kinds of events, as you say, Erica, provide a sort of a resolution for them, and they do move on. And usually by the time they're six or seven, they've completely forgotten all the memories that they had, and they just go on and live in the present. Fortunately, it would be very difficult if that didn't happen. But there is a sort of resolution that comes from connecting with the actual place or people from that previous life. Absolutely. And it's fascinating. And there's a question in, in the, the chat room just about what do you, how do you feel, what role, if any, does past life regression therapy using hypnosis play? So, uh, a question from Chris Johnson here. He wants to ask you specifically about past life regression therapy using hypnosis. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people do that, and it's very meaningful, and sometimes I'm sure they get information that can be verified. I didn't cover it in my book just because I had such limited space in the book. There was so much more I wanted to cover than I could. And since I think that the child cases are the most sort of scientifically evidential of all the material we have on reincarnation, I focus exclusively on those cases. And because they're, they're just, the evidential aspect of them is so strong. And I don't think it's quite as strong for when you involve, you know, hypnosis with people and they're adults. It's just a different kind of a thing. So, sure. but, but, you know, I, I, it's fascinating and what can I say? I, you know, I'm sure it has a big impact on people to do that. Absolutely. And he also mentions, Chris mentions, Many Lives, Many Masters. And I remember reading that book, oh, like 10, 15 years ago. I'm sure that you're familiar with that as well. 
Yeah, I did read that book a long time ago also. Maybe it, that's when it first came out. I don't remember when it first came out, but I did read it. More to come with listener questions, Leslie Kane and Erica Lukes. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. Hi there, Dick Allgaier here. I was a mainstream television news reporter for over three decades. I normally never do commercial endorsements. I am very skeptical of health supplements. But a friend of mine told me about his experience with Synergy One, so I purchased a bottle, and my wife and I have been using it for a few weeks now. I very much dislike so-called energy boosters, those little energy drinks that have caffeine and guarana and other things that make your heart race. This is not that. My experience with Synergy One has been great. My mood is better. My joints feel better. I have more vigor, more stamina, way increased productivity. My wife and I both noticed that we even dream more. So I recommend Synergy One. It's really good stuff. I'm having great results with it. 
Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We continue with guest co-host Erica Lukes, and Leslie Kane is our guest for this week, and we're talking about the possibility of life after death, and now we've been focusing a bit on reincarnation. I guess the theory has it here that when you die, you are reborn in another body, and that sometimes the person in this new body retains some memories of the old life. But then the thing I always wondered about, and it has nothing to do with whether this is true or not, is if you're being judged whether to return to earth based on your behavior in a previous life if you don't remember that life how do you avoid repeating the same mistakes i mean yeah i mean it's all complete speculation and my interpretation would be and again it's pure speculation that we're not supposed to remember these past lives and the people that do remember them there's some something wrong and somehow the information slips through or maybe there's something they're very unresolved about but i don't know you know i can't answer any of those more, I don't know what you call those kinds of questions, but I don't know the answers to any of it. It's just, for me, it's just, there, here's data, and what do you, how do you interpret it? I don't know. So many questions. Well, it's the religious. kind of thing that you can't prove. I mean, yeah, and all we can do is look at cases in which, you know, a child remembers, there's one case, the other case I present in the book, he remembered 55 specific accurate memories about the life of somebody who died decades before he was born and has no connection to him or the family uh and he, he the child has absolutely no doubt that he was that person and the the memories were so accurate and the the emotions are so strong that are connected with it too and so you're you, it does raise the question of well therefore does this mean we survive death i mean if you even have a couple of cases that are strong like this. What does it mean? It looks as if that person's consciousness has survived from one life to the next. So what is, where do we go from there? Well, we have to look at, can consciousness even exist independently of the body, first of all? And then I, I do explore that question in my book, and we look at cases of veridical OBEs and things like that, which show that, yes, consciousness seems to be able to exist independently of the body. Therefore, maybe it can transition from one life to another. We don't know. Or it may just be that the child is remembering something that someone lived, the life that someone lived, but it wasn't them being reincarnated. It's tapping into somebody's soul that exists somewhere. I suppose that's true. I mean, you'd have to ask why that would be the case. Why would it be some one particular person that they would tap into? Or maybe it's accidental. I mean, I don't know. 
We have a question from Dave M. in in chat, and he wants to know what your thoughts are on a soul. Do you believe that the soul is the true nature of a human being? And that's a very deep and loaded question, but what are your thoughts? I mean, how would he define the word soul? That would be my initial question. When he says soul, what does he mean? Is it a religious concept? Is it... Because I use, in my book, I tend to think of it as consciousness. I call it consciousness. Maybe that's the same thing that he's talking about when he says soul. I don't know. To me, it has sort of a religious connotation to it. Um, so he's asking what the nature of the soul is? or If you believe that the soul is the true nature of a human being. I, I can't possibly say. I mean, I it seems to me that consciousness, I would maybe word it that way is sort of the essence of the human being there is some essential spiritual nature it seems to me that we all are deep down but i don't know i don't know how i would describe it or what word i would use to describe that okay thank you i also don't claim to be any expert any kind of an expert on that kind of question either so (laughs) you know well right i mean you're good at looking at the data presenting the data and and remaining objective I think that's what I'm trying to do. But I also had my own confounding experiences. So, But I tried to be as objective about those as I could in the book as well. Well, you referred to experiences with mediums. Anything else you haven't mentioned? Well, I did have what um, these communications quotes or what you, you know, there are a lot of people, there's a whole field of study called after-death communication. So I believe that I, I was recipient of some of those from my brother who died during the course of the writing of this book, actually, in 2013. Um, so I did have some experiences with that that I never expected would happen. Um, and those are, those are, in some sense, they're, they're sort of like having the experience you might have with a medium, only they're direct. There's no intermediary. So with a medium, you're depending on this intermediary for the information. When you have a direct communication, it's something completely different, and it has a far bigger impact on you, but it's also less objective. So you have an experience. You may be the only person involved with that experience, and no, you can never prove it to anybody else, but the impact that it has is really intense, uh, depending on the nature of the experience. So it's very, in some sense, it's non-evidential in that way. But so many people have these experiences, and I I thought about maybe not even writing about my own, but then I thought it wouldn't be an honest book if I didn't, because these experiences occurred during the writing of the book, and they obviously had a big effect on me. So I, as personal as they are, I thought that it wouldn't be honest of me to leave them out, so I I did include them. Uh, So that's another component of the book. These mediums with whom you communicated... Once they delivered results that impressed you, did you acquaint them with who you were and what you were doing? Uh, yes, I did. And I let them know how accurate they were. And then I, I also did interviews with them and wrote about in the book, you know, after the fact, uh, just tried to get to the bottom of how they do what they do. What is, you know, how do they differentiate? This was a big question I wanted to ask these mediums. How do they differentiate between information that is coming from what they call the spirit world is coming from the deceased person as opposed to information that's from their own psychic ability. And how do they distinguish between those two? 
Because that's the bottom line question when it comes to evidence for survival. You want to know, are these mediums, how do they know they're speaking, they're getting information from a deceased person or from a spirit person? And so I did these interviews with both the mediums uh, in which I asked them those kinds of questions and, and asked them about their process, what, what they, how they do it, those kinds of questions. So, yeah, so they, they did find out after the, after the readings that I was writing a book on it, but they didn't know anything about that before the readings. Do they both use the same process? Um, their styles are somewhat different. It's similar. It's basically sort of the same problem. In essence, it's the same process where they're sort of acting like this telephone wire to this to the other side, as they call it, and they're bringing in information. But they're, they're, the two styles that they had were quite different. One of them was more, was longer, more in-depth, very full of spiritual energy, and it was just a... Uh, full of light and energy and uh, details. And the other, the second medium was shorter and very, very specific, like almost like a series of bullet points. You would just say, bing, bing, bing. Okay, bing, bing, bing. And these these facts would just come out of her that she said were being delivered by this person. So, but the essentials, the essential process is the same. They're, they're basically putting out an antenna into this other world and receiving information that's that the sitter me was drawing to through them because of my connection to that person on the other side that's how they explain what's going on now this may be different for each one of these mediums did they learn how to do this by accident did they do research did they take a course what no i mean the the, the two that i got to know here sandra and laura both were born basically with these abilities they grew up with them and they initially believe that everybody, you know, it's like the boy in the sixth sense. Everybody sees dead people, right? Or everybody knows when their grandfather's going to die in a week. And they gradually learned that that was not the case. But they, it was just a completely natural abilities that they had. You know, they struggled with it. Sandra describes just completely turning them off at one point because she just wanted to be a regular teenage girl. She didn't want these things happening to her. So I, I think the... My sense of a really good medium is it's very hard to go to school and learn how to do this. That's two-thirds of the episode. We've got a lot more to come with our guests, Leslie Kane and guest co-host Erica Lukes. As I said, Chris O'Brien is off on special assignment, catching up on things that will help improve his bottom line, so he'll be back soon. In the meantime, we will continue learning more about possible survival after death and lots more things. And by the way, don't forget to go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com to learn about the Paracast Plus and our special show after the Paracast. Erica Lukes is our guest co-host. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have... A Paracast aluminum water bottle. 
all this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Leslie Kane, let's go into that process a little bit further. So this is something that came naturally to them. But what is their process? Do they go into some kind of trance? Does it just happen? Do they have to focus themselves in a certain way to tune into the needs of a particular person? Well, the, the mental mediums, which is what we're talking about now, don't go into trance. Um, they're in full waking consciousness. And I, I'm, I think they all have their own process that they might go through right before a reading where they sit quietly with themselves or tune in or, do, you know, they have their own little rituals that they do. But when you're on the phone with them, they're just fully present. It's like a, a regular conversation you'd have with anybody. They're just delivering this information, and you're sitting there having your mind blown by the accuracy of it. But there's no trance. There's nothing weird about it at all. It's just, okay, you know, they'll say, you know, I hear such and such, and they'll, they'll give you information. And, and sometimes the information is sort of, um, the, the interesting thing is they often don't know what they're saying or what it even means they will say something that you have to interpret and they will ask you if it makes sense and as long as it makes sense to you they're satisfied but they don't usually even know what the information means themselves which is you know another reason that another point suggesting that it's pretty hard to fake these things i'm trying i'm flipping through the book here i mean certain here's an example like um i remember for one of them um for, for instance, when Sandra was bringing through information connected to Bud Hawkins, she said at one point, the month of April, she referred to the, to the word April having significance, but she didn't know why or what it meant. And it, it turns out that Bud, we were, we've been talking about Bud's family and his second wife, who was the mother of his daughter, his name was April. And then she would say something like, I hear the song Amazing Grace. And she didn't know why either. And it turns out that Bud's daughter was named Grace. 
there's a lot of things that come through like that where they're the medium doesn't know what it means, but it has a great meaning to the person listening. And the way this is happening, there's no way she could look up a bio of Bud Hopkins because she doesn't even know that's the person you're trying to contact. Exactly, because she didn't even know my name. So she couldn't have even looked me up ahead of time. She didn't know my name. She didn't know anything about me. What's really stunning, sometimes they'll get the name of the person, too. I think she did get, I think Sandra said his name was Bubby or Bub or something. It was very close to the real name. Oh, then I, I think she might have even gotten the name Elliot. Yeah, I, I'd have to find it in my book. But I do list all the specific things that she did say for people who read the book. Um, and they're very stunning. This is one of the ones that really stood out for me with Bud Hopkins. As I'll never forget it. She said, you're going to think I'm completely nuts. And I don't know what any of this means. But here goes. And she says... Do you remember the, the movie um, E.T.? And I say, yes. And she says, well, I'm, I'm getting a picture of the little boy in the movie pointing at the alien or pointing at the creature and saying, Elliot, Elliot. She said, I don't know why I'm giving you this, but there it is. What was so stunning about that was not only did it involve an alien being, which Bud studied for his whole life, you know, his whole career in, in the UFO field was studying abductions by alien beings but the second part of it was that his name was elliot bud's actual real name was his first name was elliot and so here you have a double whammy you have this young boy mentioning the name of the person the deceased person and also pointing to an alien and this was from a woman who knew nothing about who this person was or what his interest was this just came out came through her I thought that was, you know, that was very, very specific. That's what was so powerful about it. Very specific. That is fascinating. Yeah, when they say general things like, you know, this is another trick that mediums will do. Or or you might have a reading that's not very powerful. A meeting will say very generalized thing like, oh, this person loved you very much. Or, oh, this person had a great sense of humor. Or this person says that maybe you don't feel confident right now about your job. Or, you know, sort of basic generalizations like that that could apply to a lot of people. But when they say something extremely specific involving names, that's a different a different order. And and this medium was doing that a lot in the reading. Well I think it's important too when you know with, with mediums, I mean they they won't always be right. It's incredibly difficult to tap into information and, and I think a good medium will also be very forthright about that. You know, you can't get everything correctly, just like you can't when you're researching UFOs. This is an unknown, and sometimes you have access to things, and sometimes you don't, but this is an important area of study, and there are people that have gifts in this regard, which I think we all do, and I want to ask you a question about that. I mean, do you think that if we all had a good meditation practice, or we were spiritual, or we really dedicated a portion of study to this, could we tap into some of these own things that mediums do, intuitives, to pick up messages. Gosh, I have no idea, Erica. I mean, I'm assuming everybody's different and everybody has a different way of connecting, and I would have no idea. I bet you know more about that than I do. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it, it, it is fascinating because I've always studied, I, I believe personally that we all have an intuitive ability. I think that's just part of us. But I think through time, through just we're being dumbed down. And so we're not accessing that intuitive ability or we're not appreciating it enough. We become so over 
overly sensitized with things. Um, so it, it's it's curious, but we do all have that. And it's amazing to see some people that are really honed in on right. their skills. I agree. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's true. Mediums are not always accurate, of course. And in every reading, I mean, the reading I had with Sandra, that it was so extraordinary, there were some things she said that made no sense at all to me. And their understanding of that is when that happens, what Sandra told me was she feels that it's because she's not properly interpreting what's being given to her. They have to sort of interpret. Sometimes they're just, she says it's like seeing colors or seeing images or hearing something and they have to interpret it to a certain extent or somehow, you know, bring it forward in a way that connects with the sitter. And she feels like sometimes she isn't able to do that. And that's why some of the information doesn't come out accurately. So is it also possible here that if they have such abilities, they only come through every so often. So most of the time they're kind of faking it. They're doing cold readings and then every so often they get something that has more significance. I mean, that may be true for some mediums. I don't think that Sandra would probably be doing cold readings. I think she would be maybe just providing a lot of inaccurate information and for whatever reason. Because when you, when you don't know who the person is and you're on the phone, you can't really do cold readings very easily. Or she, she just may be inaccurate. I, I, so I don't know. I, I know that there is a lot of inconsistency from one reading to the next. For whatever, there could be multiple reasons for that. Uh, so you can't, you're not going to get a 90% accuracy every reading that a medium does, that's for sure. So there is variation. Um, and I did some readings with some mediums that weren't so good. You know, these I wrote about the ones that stood out because those are the ones that are interesting. But they're not always... You might go to a medium... Somebody might recommend to you a medium that they said was absolutely incredible for them, and you might go and, and find it was absolutely meaningless for you. Can't predict. You, you really can't, and I think you connect with some people, just like you do in everyday life, and, and each medium has a, a specific gift. You know, some people, some mediums are better at uh, listening and picking up things audibly. Some people can see things, and, and so it's always interesting, too, to know the different types of mediums that you're dealing with and their specific gifts. I agree. Yeah, you can't predict, and, and again, you can't also understand if the what the process is, whether they're dealing with their own psychic abilities or whether they act, actually are connecting with your dead loved person, they you know loved one. There's just no way to know. Also, to prove it one way or the other, and the best research we can do is to do very controlled experiments that show that they can get accurate information, and then we can ask them to try to explain to us how they know that this information is coming from. Uh, a deceased person as opposed to from their own psychic abilities. And that's beyond that, there's not too much more studies that can be done except to look at their brains. That's an interesting area of study is to look at the brains of their mediums while they're doing readings. But we'll still, talk more about that the- in scientific research into life after death. Leslie Kane, Jean Steinberg, Erica Lukes. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. 
It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. 
That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. For three more segments, and also Erica Lukes will be giving some more questions from our listeners of Leslie Kane. So we'll look into all sorts of possibilities here. Now, you mentioned the two mediums that impressed you, said things that just seemed uncanny. Did you get an overall batting average on how well they did? Was it just a couple of flashes in the pan, or was it really, really consistently high? It was consistently high for both of them. And there are some systematic ways of analyzing what they tell you. First of all, you record it so you can write down everything and you can rate each point that they make as being accurate or semi-accurate or wrong or unknown. You know, there's a whole way of rating the information and then getting a percentage. Um, And both of these mediums had very high percentages for me. So I did use techniques that have been developed by people who study mediums to analyze the readings that I got. So they were, but that's not, as I said, that's not always the way it works. But I was fortunate enough to have two very outstanding readings where I'd say they were 85 to 95% accurate, which is very high. So it is. Erica, any more questions from listeners? You know what, there was another question, and I'm sorry I'm having internet issues right now, but the question that stood out to me with regard to mediums was, do do some of these mediums experience negative effects? When they're dealing with this, and I'm I'm going to elaborate a little bit on this, but you know when you talk about uh, being psychic or kind of opening yourself up to some of these lower realms, uh, lower level entities, uh, energies, did you find that that was the, any of these mediums that you worked with? Did they have any way to protect themselves, or did that even enter into their picture? That's a really interesting question. I never asked them about that, actually. The two that I interviewed, I never asked them that question. Um, and I've never heard them express that that happened to them either. Uh, and Laurel and Jackson has written a book, which I've read, and she doesn't didn't express any issues with that either. So I don't know. I'm assuming that that must be an issue for some of the mediums who open themselves up to this. They have to protect themselves. But I, I don't know anything about it, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I mean, it's an an interesting question. And and I think that uh, people that I have have worked with in in any realm, the the paranormal, uh, some of these sorts of things, I have friends that are quite gifted intuitives and mediums. And, you know, they talk a lot about that and needing to, especially when you're empathetic, really drawing barriers so you're not taking on other people's negativity or something that we don't really have an understanding of. So, it's it's a it's a question. It is. It's an interesting question. So it goes. What do you think scientists ought to be doing to try to nail down this phenomenon and get some answers, or is it even possible? Well, it's such a great question. I don't think it's possible to prove that we survive death. No matter what scientists do, I doubt that that's possible. But I think that, first of all, I I wish the scientists, there was more curiosity among them, that I wish that they were more uh, accepting of the fact that these phenomena even occur, which many of them aren't. Um, And of course, the ones that are, as some of the ones who I mentioned earlier in this program, you know, some of these great, great medical doctors, cardiologists, psychologists, philosophers who who have 
devoted themselves to studying this very scientifically have done great work and made great contributions. Dr. Ian Stevenson, for instance, the psychiatrist from University of Virginia. Um, but there aren't. But I think the general attitude of the scientific community is that these things just don't exist. I mean, that's the bottom line for, for a lot of people. And um, to even just get the point across that these kinds of you know psychic powers, for instance, that mediums have, for instance, and that's just one component of the, the, the kind of information that I bring forward in my book, but any of it, that it even exists is, is the first step. It's just like with UFOs. I mean, a lot of the purpose of my book was to just make the point that the phenomenon is real, and here's how we know it. Same thing with this. The phenomena that occur are real. And how they can be how to interpret them is another question. But scientists won't even accept the reality of psychic abilities in human beings. And to me, it's so obvious when you've experienced them yourself, as I have, it's just absurd. Well, and I think, too, you know, you have to ask, you look at a, a really, truly gifted uh, doctor, you know, in the emergency room. I mean, a lot of times, yes, he has his training, but what really saves his life, and sometimes you'll hear or a patient's life, is their ability to react in a split second and use their intuitive abilities to do what's needed. And so when you really press people and you ask the right questions, even somebody who might think that this is something to kind of laugh off has an experience in their lives. You know, a lot of people uh, that are in the emergency responders, I mean, they're, they use intuition. We should all use intuition. And so then you just have to wonder how we can get, get that taken a little bit further and then get funding to do good research. And that's the million dollar question. How do we obtain funding? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff can't really be studied in the laboratory. That's part of the problem too, because scientists like to take things into the laboratory and then repeat them. That's the scientific method. They have to be repeated and shown to be true. And for instance, physical mediumship, it's something that you just can't take a physical medium into a lab and say, perform. You know, they have to be in the right kind of environment with the right people and the right, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so this is another difficulty for people who do want to study this. The subject matter is not something that's cold and clinical. But that being said, if some of these scientists just themselves sat down with some of these mediums, I think they'd be hard-pressed to, to deny the reality of psychic abilities. I mean, that's such a basic, the basic thing. It's not to say, if they want to deny the reality of the afterlife, that's fine, but they still have to deal with the, the phenomena that actually take place. And they, these phenomena, if they're generated by human beings, are extraordinary. And, and so far, science doesn't accept them as real. Or do they? Because you look at, you know, you look at Russell Targ and some of the work that has been done and commissioned by the government, you know, and, and so there are people that do take it seriously. And I think that it has been uh, studied in a controlled setting. But that's, you know, of course, that's kind of compartmentalized. That's kind of, it's, you know, it's something that we won't necessarily have a lot of information about, but it has been done. So... Hopefully it will. It's been done by individuals like him. And yeah, they did studies on remote viewing and within the government. They got some interesting material, but it just doesn't go far enough. No. I mean, you know, it just doesn't. It hasn't broken through the barrier of 
contemporary thinking, you know, about who people are and what they can do. I mean, it's just, it's something that's considered sort of on the fringe or, you know, very, very considered with skepticism by the, the scientific community in general. I mean, it's not part of the integrated reality that science works with. And we'll do our, do our break now. I should tell our listeners, Dr. Russell Targ was a guest on the PowerCast on March 10th, 2013, so you could download the show and listen to it and make your own conclusions. We have Leslie Kane, Erica Lukes, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Warning. 
If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-958-9659. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-958-9659. That's 1-800-958-9659. 1-800-958-9659. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, I'm not remote viewing anything now. The thing, Leslie Kane, that I've wondered about remote viewing is the precision is lacking. Even when experiments are done and they seem to show evidence of something going on, it's not consistent enough for of a high level of accuracy that you need, especially if you want to do remote spying. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I have to tell you, I didn't study remote viewing because it doesn't have anything to do with the question of whether we survive death or not. And I had to really restrict my focus when I was researching this book. It does deal with the question of what kind of psychic capacity do people have, but it doesn't deal with the question of survival past death. So I have, it isn't something I've really studied, unfortunately, so I can't comment on it. What about near-death experiences? It's like we're almost getting there, but we don't, then we'll come back or we'll pull back or whatever. But do we see any resemblances to what they go through and what mediums produce? Well, I think it's interesting. I think we do see resemblance between what near-death experiencers encounter, what people at end of life encounter, what we call intermission memories, which are memories that young children have of their time before they were born. So we do see similarities in terms of people's journeys, what they interpret to be journeys into this other realm. And I I think that's a really important point to show those similarities, and I've done that in the book. And I think the other thing that's really interesting to me about the near-death experience studies, which I know a lot of people know a lot about near-death experiences, but I was interested to discover the work of Sam Parnia, who is also somebody you might have had on the show or would like to have on the show, He actually has renamed it the actual death experience. He's an expert in resuscitation science here in in New York at the Stony Brook Institute. And he has discovered that people can be dead for hours and still be resuscitated. And as far as he's concerned, these people are actually dead. They die, but then they're able to come back. Some of them come back and talk about near-death experiences. So for him, these are actual death experiences, and he believes that this is what all of us will experience when we die. It's just that most of us, because of what happens in the brain when you're dead for two hours, say, you don't have the capacity to necessarily remember it. That's why most people don't remember it. So I find it really interesting that this 
in this person who is so close to the science of resuscitation, who's an expert on it, has come to the conclusion that these experiences are actual journeys by dead people into this other realm. And he's completely convinced of that. So that he doesn't think the term near death really makes any sense. And I like that. I like calling them actual death experiences. I think it makes, you know, it gives more validity to the experience of, of what people describe. So I think that's an interesting perspective. And I, I encourage people to look up his work. It's really fascinating. His name's Sam Parnia, P-A-R-N-I-A. Or I guess you can call it a temporary death experience. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true, too. Yeah. The way he looks at it is they're not near death. They're dead. That's the way he looks at it. Because he's seen the corpses. He's, he's talking about, and we give some cases in the book of corpses. You know, ch- a child that was dead for two hours, another woman who died in the forest and was dead for two or three hours. And they recover and they're completely normal. But they were actually dead for that time, as far as he's concerned. I suppose if you flatline for five minutes, you were dead for five minutes. Yeah, but I think the longer it is, the more difficult it is for people to accept that somebody can actually come back. But yeah, I mean, you have to ask, when do you draw that line of between being actually dead and being just unconscious? I mean, the, the, the science of that is, I'm sure, complicated. Okay, so if near-death experiences are really temporary death experiences, we go back to what I was talking about earlier, the concept that UFO abductions might have parallels with near-death experiences. So what does that make the UFO abduction experience? I bet you can answer that better than I can, Gene. I can't. But that's the point. If it's similar, it means the same mechanism is affecting both, that the person who had the abduction temporarily died? I mean, who says that the people who has the abduction are dead? I don't know. I thought they were fully conscious and were physically removed from their beds and taken onto a ship and then brought back. Of course. I just wonder, though, and this is something I guess that has always been difficult to investigate, what we'd see during this period under which they're somewhere else. So someone is telling us they were aboard a spaceship, they were taken out of their bedrooms. If we actually had a camera running, and that's always been the problem with UFO abductions, because sometimes the camera is mysteriously turned off, something always happens, but we never see the correlation. While they are being abducted, are they actually still here at the same time? Right. So you're suggesting maybe they, they leave their bodies and they when they're abducted. But, the, but if all these physical things are done to their bodies while they're in the spaceship, as they report, it seems like their bodies are involved. They must be physically missing. I think there are cases where the person is physically missing while they're being abducted. Right. And I think many researchers, though, have brought up the fact that there could be two things at play, the physical um, abduction and then more of a, a, a mental abduction. So I think it's curious, but I think also too, Gene, with the parallels between UFOs and NDEs, I mean, it seems like once you have a a near-death experience that your life changes, you become more intuitive, you become more concerned about, about nature, about the planet, you also perhaps might have more paranormal or UFO experiences. And so there is kind of a, a common thread. It opens you up to something. And that, that is definitely something, an area to study. And, and I know that people are looking into the correlations. The thing I always wondered also, 
when we look at this, when you talk to people who see UFOs, and this has been one of the bugaboos, certain organizations that shall go unnamed are very busy writing down the UFO experience, but they don't look into the background of the witness. Did anything happen before or after that UFO was seen? What about their background? It never gets investigated, so there might be a lot of data out there we never receive. Exactly. And that's important. I mean, I think your emotional state, um, what childhood traumas, I mean, there are many different things that you need to to research. It's not just a, an isolated incidents, you know, a 10-minute sighting, and that's all you're looking at. It's a complex, complex puzzle. Sounds like one of the arguments I've had with people who are involved in certain organizations. Why don't you ask that question? And the international director of that certain organization listened, but said they don't do it now. I wonder if he even understood the need for it. And that's an interesting thing, too, Leslie, when you were doing your UFO research. Did you make an effort then to look into the backgrounds of the people who saw these things? Yeah, to some extent. I mean, so many of the people that I was dealing with were established military people, people that were not new to the field, such as someone like Colonel Charles Halt. I certainly knew a lot about his background when I before I even talked to him. But obviously, it's very important, and it is important to know whether they've had other experiences as well as the one you happen to be dealing with in the moment. I mean, to me, that seems like a critical question to be asked of any witness. Um, so I would think that would be important. And maybe the investigators you're talking about are afraid of somehow alienating, to, for lack of a better word, or distancing the witness or or frightening the witness away by asking them a lot of questions that the witness may feel, oh my God, they're going to think I'm crazy or something. Maybe it's got to do with that. I don't know. I think that there are some, that's some great issues with that. I also think too, when you're coming from a place of looking for data and trying to convince the mainstream, you also have to just give them what they can, what is palatable for them. So perhaps that's another reason why we don't go much beyond the, the initial sighting. We got more to come. Final segment with Leslie Kane. Our guest co-host is Erica Lukes. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have... A Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. 
you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription over-the-counter drugs and new types of herbicides and pesticides. ProPure's improved Pro1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-340-5528. That's 800-340-5528. Again, 800-340-5528. Mass deportations, a ban on terrorist countries, protecting our border, a huge expansion of jobs. President Trump is really shaking up Washington and the media. David Horowitz's new book, Big Agenda, reveals Trump's secret plans. Now, Big Agenda is a New York Times bestseller. Newsmax calls it the best Trump book yet. Rush says you need to get it. It's in bookstores everywhere or get our free offer at 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, of course, I would think, Leslie Kane, that if that kind of question was on the table, the investigator would be careful and wouldn't overload. The witness with the questions would ask, a few questions to open the door, and if the door wasn't open, just move beyond it. That's true. I mean, you and you have to know how to build up the trust of that person. You may have to go back a number of times and get to know them. 
and make them feel safe and talking about these things. I mean, every witness is so different. And it, even seeing a UFO is not always something wonderful for a person. And so I think uh, you just have to be very sensitive, any investigator does, to the state of mind of the, of the person they're interviewing. And uh, at the same time, you've got to do your job. You just have to find a way to, to do it that makes the witness com- feel comfortable. Anyway, it's, it's, it's difficult when you're dealing with people who have had unusual experiences. It can be a complicated process and they can feel very vulnerable in talking about it. With your book, you've opened a lot of doors, Leslie Kane. Where do you plan on going to from here? Is there going to be a sequel? Jean, I feel like I've just gotten started with this book, to tell you the truth. It was a journey. It was an exploration for me. I wished I'd had a couple more years before concluding the book. So really, I just want to keep studying and learning and exploring the material that's in my book and um, getting it out there to people. I can't even think beyond that at this point. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll be involved with this book for quite a while before I could conceive of doing anything else. How did your life or expectations change from the point you started the book to the time that you submitted it to the publisher? I never would have expected to have been so personally affected by it and to have experienced what I did. I knew I would probably go to some mental mediums. I mean, that was certainly was going to happen, and that's something anybody can do. But I never expected that I would have such extraordinary experiences with physical mediumship or with after-death communications, which were both components of the book. So it turned out to be more of a personal journey than I might have expected, mixed in with the research. I mean, I'd say the research is certainly four-fifths of the book or three-fifths of the book. And it's very engaging. It's not dry or any kind, anything like that. So I'm very engaged with the whole thing. But I, I, that, that was the main thing that I didn't expect, I think, was how personal the whole thing would become and how personally involved I would become with these direct experiences that I never expected to have. It was like a gift was, it was handed to me at the right time. The timing was perfect. Not that I, I was very unhappy to lose my brother, of course, but the fact that he died when I began researching this book And then I had these experiences of connection with him. The timing of everything kind of worked out beautifully. It was just all all very unexpected. And it's wonderful that you could have these profound personal experiences. I think sometimes, you know, we try to to get taken so seriously with science. And and there's certain things that we just, I guess, have to understand are, like you say, personal experiences that can never be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, but you just cherish them as, as a beautiful experience for you. Exactly. And you have to interpret them in your own way as well and find your own meaning in them which I did, but I've also been very analytical of them in the book and, and you know, looked at the different thing, the different ways they can be explained. That, to me, was also an interesting process. I feel kind of vulnerable, to tell you the truth, because I'm a journalist, and journalists don't usually talk about the kinds of things that happen to me in this book. I mean, they don't usually mix that in with research. And um, I feel like I've sort of taken a risk by doing that, but I also feel it makes for more a more interesting book for people to read. And I hope that people understand I really am objective. They really can trust me. You know, when I report on something that happened to me, I use the same standards of rigor and factual analysis and factual reporting that I use for everything else that I do. And I hope that people realize that uh, they can trust me. I'm not making things up. 
that might allow them to be able to more easily accept these experiences as being real just because of the nature of the way I approach things. So I'm hoping that might be a gift that I can give to people also. Erica, we have any unanswered questions in our question bank that we could look into before we let Leslie leave the building? <laughs> you know, we have this seatbelt that we kind of hold her in place. <laughs> we do this. We try to make it comfortable. And we don't use Takata airbags. I haven't needed an airbag so far. Takata airbags, by the way, folks, is that brand that has made defective airbags in millions of cars. Right. And, of course, you never know because there's no big sign saying, your airbag is made by Takata. Change it or it may not go off when you have that accident. Yeah, you've got to ask. You've got to find out if you own a car. Well, they know by serial number. You know, if they look up the serial number, they'll figure it out. Erica, any more questions? Oh, her internet is down. All right. So so she sent me that, her smartphone. All right, let's just continue. Like, she's still there. And we pretend okay. that, that she's still there. And anyway, okay. to continue what we're talking about here, and this is kind of changed your life. Do you think... You know, it's a common image here. We don't want to be the negative person here. It's a common image here that the possibility of an afterlife is less credible than the possibility of UFOs. Has that in any way impacted you at all? Yeah, I mean, I would think that the, I would I would say it this way. I think the, the possibility of an afterlife is less credible than the physical phenomenon of ufos than the data which is radar witness you know official documentation the kind of data that i present in my book but i think that the the phenomena of the survival question are just as real as the ufos are real so the phenomena that occur in the seance room the memories that children have the near-death experiences the actual things that happen are absolutely real but like UFOs, it's the question of what they are and how you interpret them that is still open for debate. And that's true with the survival question. Uh, do these things show that we survive death or are they products of some kind of psychic ability that is so sophisticated that we have no idea what it's about? It's limitless. All the th theories that have been proposed to explain it. So I think in both cases, we have phenomena that we know are, are real, but it's the interpretation of them that is still the question that's hard to resolve. And that applies to the question of survival as well. But I also feel that the data, the, the stories and the information I present in my book is highly suggestive of the reality of survival after death, highly suggestive that this could be real and people can make up their own minds, just like the UFO phenomenon certainly suggests an extraterrestrial visitor. So to me, they're sort of comparable in that way. I hope that, I hope that makes sense. Leslie Kane, please tell our listeners if they have more questions and want to know more about your research into the afterlife, yeah. where do they check you out? Uh, thanks, Gene. I, I would love for people to come to my website, which is survivingdeathkane.com. It's my last name, K-E-A-N. And from there, you can link to my Facebook page, uh, or just go directly to my Facebook page. I have 
very lively discussions on that page with people. I'm very involved with it and active, and, and we can have conversations and ask questions and discussions and all kinds of things. I, I post all my media appearances there. I'll be posting this interview there. I really love interaction with people who are interested in this topic. Again, my website is survivingdeathcane.com. It also makes it very easy for you to buy the book if you want to buy it. And it's available in audiobook, which is read by me, by the way. It's also available in Kindle and in hard copy. So I really hope to hear from from people who have been listening today. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. Look for two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Look for After the Paracast. It's the second radio show we do. And it's available only if you subscribe to The Paracast Plus. To learn more, get all the simple side directions Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com, plus dot theparacast.com. You also get a commercial-free version of this show where we remove 41 minutes of the network ads. Better quality audio and the After the Paracast podcast, special selected items from Paul Kimball's Other Side of Truth, and more, plus dot theparacast.com. also want to thank Erica Lukes for dropping in as the guest co-host when Chris was on special assignment. Leslie, so happy to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks, Gene. It's been great. Thank you. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.